I grew it to about two mil, which was impressive. More impressive is I blew the entire thing up uh, in four days. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Excited today to have Jeremy Delk. Jeremy, how are you doing today? Doing good, Todd. How about yourself? I'm doing well. So we had a, we had a good conversation before we jumped on here. Jeremy uh, lives in Lexington and that's, uh, that's where I invest. So uh, next time I'm in Lexington, we're going to, you know, grab a, grab a drink or, or uh, some dinner or something like that and get to know each other a little bit more. So always fun to talk to somebody that I'm like, Hey, I got a connection somehow, some way. Uh, so really fun. So I'm looking forward to this interview. Jeremy uh, jumped into entrepreneurial ventures with the night. I love this. Uh, just like a child, right? And the tenacity of a tycoon started day trading at the age of 16. How did, by, by the way, I got to stop right there. Cause like, how do you day trade at 16? What, like, how did you, first of all, how'd you have any money at 16? I, I had enough money to, you know, I don't know, pretty much do nothing with, but uh, how did you have enough money at 16 to day trade? Yeah. So, um, my father passed away when I was uh, seven, um, kind of tragically, um, and uh, with a motorcycle accident. And I, um, had about a $30,000 inheritance that was going to be coming to me. Mm. I grew up in a small town in Bardstown, Kentucky. So, um, about an hour South of here in Lexington, we're the bourbon capital of the world. It's a Jim Beam makers, Mark, et cetera, but it's definitely small town USA. Yeah. And I always had this vision. And I think, retrospectively a lot probably from losing my dad that I wanted just to kind of go and do more, see more, be more. And um, to me, it wasn't small town USA. It was New York city. And the two things I saw in New York were either the mafia, which wasn't really an option for me or wall street. And that was kind of what was really exciting. So um, yeah, 15, 16, I just took a liking to wanting to understand um, the market and whatever. And I knew that I had, you know, some money that was meant to be for college for me. Yeah. Um, and it was in Disney and uh, 20th Century Ultra Mutual Fund. So my mom basically let me, um, it's like a custodial account, which you're familiar with. But so she let me, and this was day trading was not day trading, but trading was just now starting to go. This is 96, um, very limited online with Ameritrade. Yep. So she let me remove some of it and just play around and buy this stock. And that's like just to kind of familiarize myself. But I said, that's spent, pretty cool. Yeah. So that's, that's where it started. So all, all your other, all your friends are, you know, playing football and baseball and chasing girls and you're, you're sitting here on a merit trade and <laughs> I'm still chasing, I'm sure girls. you're I'm doing something I'm still chasing the girls. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, so now you focus on investing, focus on advising entrepreneurs uh, through some speaking engagements. You've got an upcoming book um, where you really share the reality of the good, the bad, the ugly of entrepreneurship, kind of your journey. And uh, I think it was kind of cool. You know, you, you, we were talking about a book and of course I, I mentioned that I wouldn't mind writing one, but you know, not really at this time. And one of the things you mentioned is you, you really wrote it for your kids, you know, no other people read it other than your, your kids. That's a win for you. And I think that's really cool. Um, probably a, 
a lot easier to get through a book. <laughs> no, not because you, you write this book and you're going, is anybody going to read this thing? And right. like, okay, look, if I got my two, my, my two kids read this thing, it's a success. So without a plan is your book that's coming out and people, people can get that. But why don't you give our listeners a bit more about your background? Then I want to dive into to some things uh, here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to carry on the, the day trading piece, you know, the, the antithesis of the book was um, it's the title is without a plan and it's a memoir of, of unbound action and failing my way to success. So I, I really wrote it because, you know, I do, I speak a lot. I'm, I'm on a ton of podcasts. I invest in a lot of entrepreneurs and the biggest thing I've seen hands down that either kills an idea or never gets off the ground is this misconception and fear of failure that is so wrong. And I think it just needs to be a, a perspective change because that's where you learn, right? I mean, I've, you know, started business, sold businesses, hundreds of millions of dollars, Inc. Uh, um, Inc. 500, um, we had the 24th fastest growing company in uh, 2019, number four in healthcare nationwide. I have all these cool accolades, but all of that's kind of BS, man, right? Because what, Actually, how I got there was through failing, getting you know punched in the face and my butt kicked over and over again. That that adversity is what kind of made me um, who I am, and and allows me to look smarter than I am. It's just it's just learning from failure. So I I try to really tell that story within the book, and it starts out you know day trading. You know, just to fast forward, and that that's where the the first big lesson that you'll re read about in the book is you know I was able to take that thirty grand when I really started trading at seventeen. By 19, I was day trading in college on my Palm Pilot. Uh, <laughs> I, I grew the uh, I grew the portfolio. I was making twenty thirty thousand dollars a day, invincible, right? Because I, I knew everything. Wow. This is nineteen ninety nine, so um, invincible. This teacher is making probably forty thousand dollars a year as a professor teaching econ, and I'm making his salary. Like I couldn't be told anything. Uh, I grew it to about two mil, which was impressive. More impressive is I blew the entire thing up uh, in four days. Wow. And, um, that was awesome, but you know, there's a huge lesson there, right? I mean, obviously in that moment, I was a failure. I was going to have to go home back, pack into Kentucky. I was living in Providence at the time on a scholarship, but that I, I really believe that and I think shaping me wise, my father passing are probably the two most fundamental things that made me who I am today. Um, and it tells the story of my life, how, I've been able to hit some of these accolades and these successes, but I never had a complete plan. I knew where I wanted to go. I had a vision of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do, but I had no clue how I was going to get there. I just trusted the process and just started. And I think that's the major takeaway that I hope the reader comes away with is that I'm telling you stories that it's okay not to know where you're going. And sometimes I think it's probably to your benefit because you may have the wrong plan, right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's almost too much emphasis put, put on, you know, just getting this big plan together and planning out 10 years and, and really, really knowing everything you want to do. Not that that's necessarily a terrible thing, but I, you also have to understand that, you know, I look back at my journey and you on, in your journey, just, just knowing this a little bit, I mean, there's so many times where you're pivoting. Where, right, where you think I'm going to go this direction. And you're just like, couldn't be further from the truth when it actually happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love to, if this was a call-in show, I, I'd offer a million dollar bounty to anyone that could, that tell me and show me legit timestamp plan 
that had factored in a global pandemic a couple of years ago. Yeah. You can't plan for certain things, right? Yeah. Like, so, so why bother and deal with it as it comes, right? Because when it comes in the future, you're going to be armed with more information, more data to probably make, a, a pro, not probably definitely make a more informed, most likely better decision, as opposed to having this predisposed thing like, wow, I should do this, but my plan was to do something different. And it, and it could have been the wrong plan. Yeah. And, you know, you, you just, we're moving so fast. Right. And so, so what's available today is, is totally different than what's going to be available tomorrow. And what's going to be important for you to be focusing on today is, is just, it's going to be different tomorrow. And, and so that, that's the other things. Not, not only can we plan, we can't plan a pandemic. We can't plan a hurricane that rips through, you know, your state or whatever. You can't plan that stuff, but, but you can plan and understand is that things are going to move quickly and that right. you're going to have to pivot and make those adjustments. Um, and I think, my, I think, I think mindset and perception of failure have a lot to do with that. Right. So where I go through and now, you know, I take it as like, this is cool. Yeah. And they're like, you're just going to serve with a lawsuit. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. How, how it's going to be funny how this works out. Maybe it turns into a merger. I mean, you never huh. know, but if you get into, Oh my gosh, sky's falling. Or that's, that makes you feel better for a minute, but it's not productive. Right. No. Like, if I stayed there and, and cried for myself for four days for losing 2 million bucks, I wouldn't got out of the hole. Right. But you have to have that mindset of like, this didn't happen always to you. Sometimes, right. It happens for you. And you know, that perspective of like, what's the lesson here. Let's not, not make the state mistake again. That's I think really something that your listeners should, should hone in on to because we've all been through crap. I lost my dad. You've, we've all had failures. We've all had loss, but you and I are still here talking. You've got listeners here that are driving or listening or working out this podcast. We've all had crap, but we're still here. Yeah probably stronger and, and more resilient than we were before. Focus yeah, on that you, side of it. Yeah. You, you probably would have been way worse off had you not lost that $2 million. I mean, you, honestly, you probably would have been, you were, you were talking, you're, you're arrogant. Nobody could tell you what to do. You're, you know, you, you were on top of the world. And if you kept on going on top of the world, what would that have taught you? But you got a great piece of humble pie. You lost it all. I want to know too, like, because how, what were you? Were you 19? Is that what you said? 19. Well, I mean, so yeah. So what would it have been? I would have lost 20 million when I had two kids. Well, there you go. Right. right? But like that's because the worst case scenario, I was like, cool. Woe is me. I could move back into Kentucky and, and, and just go back to my mom. Yeah. Hey, I took a shot and I missed, you know, kid made good, made 2 million bucks and go work in a factory. That was the worst thing that could happen to me. As opposed to where I look at it, it was the best thing because it taught me humility. It taught me that there's, there is sometimes another shoe that can drop. You're always not always the smartest person in the room. The moment you think you are, you should question everything <laughs> because there's something, something there. Um, but yeah, and then you just make that choice. And then making that choice and getting through those failures, it, it doesn't give you a level of cockiness. I mean, maybe I had another hiccup 20 years later, but it gives you confidence that I have been here. I've felt these feelings of hopelessness and failure, and I've felt all those things, but I've also remember how I've got myself out of it. And the more you start to look at failure that way and just get over what's the lesson and then go through what's the lesson and then go through the better, you, the better you are and the quicker you pull yourself out of, because you got that confidence that you will. Yeah. 
so how, especially at the age of 19, how did you pull yourself out of that going from being on top of the world to being on the bottom? Like what were a couple of the lessons, a couple of things that our listeners can take from that? Well, I think a, a big one is that you first need to understand you may not know what the lesson is for a day, a week, a month, a year. You may not know, but I think it, it speaks to the title of my book. And I told you I wanted to, you know, I was living in Providence, Rhode Island at the time. I had bought spoils. I was a 19-year-old kid. I was buying out bars with my buddies and they knew I was underage, but I was spending so much money, it didn't matter. I had a brand new Grand Cherokee. I bought a you know, $200,000 condo. I was just living the life. When I lost everything, I had no income. So I had to go to school and pay a mortgage and a homeowner's and car insurance, all those things. Wow. So I, I wasn't, I had no choice, right? And I, and I, I wasn't going to, I didn't come from any money. Like I lost it all. Like I had no safety net. Like there was no, oh, mommy. Like my mom would give me the sharp of the back and that's all she had, right? Mm. So my option was to go out and I just started hustling. I, I packed boxes at UPS at night, worked at Abercrombie and Fitch mainly for the discount on clothes. <laughs> um, I tried to, to mow lawns, which I was unsuccessful. got poisoned sumac that lasted a week there. But then I started renting high-end apartments right beside us. Like, as like the guy that shows them. And every time you rent one, you sell, you get a commission, 500 bucks. At one of those events, I'm a good talker, I'm a schmoozer, and mainly to try and get more leads to sell more apartments, to lease more apartments rather. And there was a guy that had just relocated um, temporary housing, uh, going to be in Boston. I was living in North Providence and he said he's in finance. So I just started talking about the stock market, which I knew intimately, right? I just had to feel for the moment because you're studying. That's all I lived. I woke up, Maria Bartiromo was my wake up call uh, with Squawk Box in the morning. If you remember that. So he's like, dude, how old are you? I'm 19. He's like, how do you know this much about the market? I'm like, well, um, well, built a $2 million portfolio and ripped it up in four days. Well, that was pretty stupid. And he's like, you know, uh, were you trading? You know, and I had options and I was doing all kinds of stuff, margin leverage with no yeah. clue or education, self-taught. And this is before you couldn't learn a lot on the internet where I wasn't even looking. But um, he's like, oh, you're doing all that naked. I didn't even know what that meant. But yeah, I was uncover calls, shorting stuff. I mean, just totally exposed. But he's like, dude, you have something and you have this, this feel for the market that's, that's pretty unique. Um, have you ever thought about going on Wall Street? I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that'd be my dream. Um, but I'm from Kentucky and I'm 19. I don't have a college degree yet. And that guy was the head, equity, uh, head institutional equity trader in Boston for Fidelity Investments. Hmm. Yeah. Took a shot on me, gave me, gave me a job. Past my 763, I was the youngest broker at the time that ever ever got licensed. Um, I mean, you can't get much younger because 18 to be licensed. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and that job took me from Boston to a little place called New York City. I worked on Wall Street. So that was, a plan. That, that, was, that was without a plan. That was There was no way that kid from Bardstown, Kentucky was yeah. ending up on Wall Street but that's the dream I had. Right. So you don't know. And that, and, and it happened for me. And I, I really firmly believe that. Wow. But it took me years to figure it out. A lot of therapy and a lot of all kinds of stuff to, to learn that lesson, but that was the lesson. Yeah. Love it. So you're sitting in New York now you're, you're working uh, with fidelity and, and so what, what happened there? I mean, why, why aren't you still doing that? I think there's a part of me that just likes to torment my poor mother. I don't, I don't know. Cause I finally, I crashed and burned, right. I've just crashed and burned. And now I'm back on the, back in the seat, making good money um, on wall street. And I, 
I was making two, three, four hundred thousand dollars at a time. There was a guy, you know, at my desk that was making, you know, a million. Um, I had a BMW, he had a Bentley, but I had this, I was so very young and I had all this creative ideas, energies. And I think that's what I, who I, why I'm an entrepreneur. And I'd have all these ideas. And I, I don't know if it was because I was a, a kid from Kentucky. I used to have an accent. I morphed my accent away because maybe they think I'm stupid because I, I sound like a heck. Yeah. So that's why I, I lost the accent. I tried everything. And I just said, you know, this isn't for me. I, I, other than money, we weren't creating anything. So uh, I told my mom I'm making a decision. And I, I went into some real estate development, actually, with a company called Delk Enterprises that I, I founded 20 years ago and still own it today. Um, 100% of, and I told my mom I'm I'm uh, resigning and going on my own. Which she's like, what? excuse me, what? You make more than me and my, your stepdad. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, do I need to come up there? Are you well? And I'm like, nah, I'm just not not happy. And I think if if, if I was going to go and take that leap, I did probably learn by that time it was that was a time to do it. Not when I had two kids in school and all the other things. Yeah. So I made six grand in business my first year and have made subsequently more than that the last 20. So your first year in business. So you quit, you're, you're, you're making good money in, in wall street, you quit that, you start Delk enterprises and you make six grand your first year. I think my rent in Chelsea was 5,500 a month. So, yeah. like, so, 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 I mean, <laughs> how do you get the, how do you, how'd you, how'd you keep motivated? Um, I think that goes back into your quote of the naivety of a child. I don't know. Man. Like, <laughs> I, uh, just dreams, man, just dreams and what makes you happy and fulfilled and like having the guts to just be okay with not knowing, right. And have faith in yourself that you're going to get to the other side. And I like the, I like the excitement. I like the, I know, and that's been, you know, it's been consistent. I mean, I've given you one story, this, the, the book, you'll give you the last 20 years of my life of businesses I've started, took public, took private, exited. They all have still survived me. The common thread is I basically I love the zero to one bit of like just creating an idea to go through and to, to make money. And then I love scaling it because it's everything's dumpster fires and crashing. And like, I love that type of, and you know, rah, rah, get the team going, solving problems. That's, that's passionate. But when the business kind of plateaus and then you want someone to go and scale it, you know, 10, 12% year over year, just give that to the adults and, and let them do that's time for me to kind of lead because I'm not that's not what I'm good at I can do it but I'd, I'd rather kill my I, I'm very bored of that I, I have zero interest in that I love breaking stuff building it going through and uh, that's the piece and that's why I've been I mean I went from finance building materials healthcare biologics consumer goods technology I've purposely invested in industries I know nothing about because I think that was the opportunity. Now, a lot of them have just failed miserably, but I think I look at people as the, the major component of that, that people do business with people, B2B, B2C, whatever. And I don't have a preconceived notion of, or really give a shit of how it's been done. I just do it my way. And sometimes you can disrupt an industry in a niche. And if you do that and it all lines up, um, you can have like you know, lightning in a bottle sometimes. And it allows me to learn so much about different businesses because they all intermingle. And now I've got a, a great team around me um, who covers a lot of bases. So now when I'm looking at investing in a company or VC, they need money, but they need money to buy something. Staff, employees, yeah. creative, digital, and, and finance, accounting, legal. And I have a lot of those in my bailiwick 
that I can just bring them in and I can solve a problem. So you're raising a business and you need 2 million. I could probably solve your problem for half a million of my cash and my team. So I'll give you the 2 million, solve your problem. And I get a better valuation and, and, and buy-in from that standpoint. And I, and I get them there quicker because them doing the round that takes forever doing the fundraising, then you have the cash and you have to go and deploy that, find the people, all that. So people. Yeah. it speeds the process up and it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Love it. And one of the big things I took there is I think so many people think you got to do it a certain way. And by the way, you just said, it's like, no, I mean, you got to do what you're passionate about. You got to do what you love to do. You're building these businesses. You're going through the dumpster fire. You're, you're doing that. And then you're giving it to somebody else to take and grow 10, 12% after that. That's somebody else's passion. That's not your passion. Right. Um, and that's good for the employees too. Cause I mean, I, I yeah. insulted a hundred, hundred employees and those guys will have jobs as long as they want them. I didn't lay off a single employee during COVID, not one. We hired people during COVID. And I'm proud of that. And those people that stuck with me still have jobs and will always have jobs as long as they want them. And that's, that's something that's huge important because you don't get anywhere without the team and without the people. Yeah, yeah so true. So true. I mean, that, that's a lesson that's been hard for me to learn. But uh, with, with that, without a good team, without good people around you, man, you just you don't get anywhere with, without it cannot do it all yourself. And, and you don't yeah. want to do everything yourself. Think some things suck. And yeah. when they suck for you, someone else loves those things. Someone else loves it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my bookkeeper, I can, I can remember sitting with a stack at Christmas of like do, going through and doing books. And and now I've, I've got, you know, we've got bookkeepers and the bookkeepers, they love what they do. I hated it. They love it. Like, why would I do that? Why would I continue to do that? Instead, and that's being selfish. Like give my, give that away to somebody else because right. they love doing that and they're good at it. Right. That's our passion. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it sounds like you've got a lot of journey not right now. What's, what's your, like your focus today though. You do a lot of in, investing in other companies. It sounds like, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah, I do. I mean, and then, I, and then you're advising, you're advising other entrepreneurs. Yeah. I, I don't do it anymore. The advising. I mean, I, I do some really like if you, I used to do like some coaching and do other stuff. And I'm just not like, I can't help you. Like, unless you're like all in and go through. So like, I'll come in, I've got like one deal where, you know, someone invests like 15, 20 grand. I'll come in for the day, do like a, a one page plan, like that I've scaled hundreds of millions of dollars worth of business with implement it, show them the process. And then I help set them up on a monthly kind of board call. Um, and I can help, but my passion really right now is doing these podcasts. It's getting the book out. I feel like there's a bit of an obligation um, because the 20 year old me wished I heard from the 42 year old me of like, Hey bro, like thank you. And he's like, really? Come on. Like, and just like, Hey, this is what you do. Not focus on what's important. You know, at a point in my life where I couldn't buy enough sports cars and watches and I still like those things, but I was buying all that shit just because I I wasn't happy inside. Right. And I, I wasn't fulfilled. And like, you know, you, you got to fix that piece first, especially if you're a leader, yeah. a father, entrepreneur. So that's a big thing I talk about in the book is like, get the whole you right and figure out what your why, why you're doing this, what's important, what your value set is. And, and now I think that's, that's what I'm, I like doing, right? I mean, I was at, we'll, we'll go to Jeff Ruby's, which is like my spot and Garrett and those guys. So that's where we'll go when you come to Lexington. And one of the servers there, um, I walk you out, I say, Hey, Mr. Delk. And like, I um, don't ever call me Mr. Delk, right? But <laughs> he's like, hey, man, um, 
I watch all your stuff on YouTube, every podcast you've ever done. And I just want to say, thank you. Like keep up the good work. And like, it just touched me so much. Right. Because I don't think anyone ever watches these things. Right. Like, so like maybe my mom checks it out, my son, right. but like it, it, it just, that is enough for me. Cause I don't think unless you're giving me a check Todd, I haven't seen one yet or K one, but I, I don't do, I don't get paid to do this crap. Right. Yeah. But I feel it's a responsibility and like a, a buddy of mine, Roland Frazier, who's, um, Great speaker, great guy. You know, he said, Jeremy, you don't value what you know because you know it. And that really hit me, right? So I, I think it's an obligation to someone that's yeah. been down a journey and everything I've done, I've had some really bad stuff. Dude. I'm not a great guy on, on all things. I've, I've had struggles, but that's what the book, like, dude, you're going to get the full me. And there's a part of me and you and, and just like all of us, right? And we're all humans at the end of the day. And I think that's that's my hope is that I can take you can take some small lesson and if it helps you personally, financially, emotionally, however it helps, that's, uh, that's my passion through that. Yeah. I get deal flow and Hey man, I'd like to partner JV. Like that stuff's cool to me. And I like learning. And if it's the right deal, I, I'd love to get involved. But for me, it's just, yeah, I'm having fun doing this stuff. Yeah. I think it's so easy to devalue, um, yourself, right? Because you just, that's just what you do. You're like, it's it's no big deal, right? You've been doing it for so long. For you, it's just second nature. It's no big deal. It isn't what it is. But for other people, they're like, dude, you you went through this. You lost two million dollars at nineteen, and yet you didn't you know you didn't let that hold you back. And and you you were making you're making good money on Wall Street, and then you went and quit your job and started your own company, making six thousand dollars the first year, and that didn't tell you to, to go do something else, like go get another job. Like, are you freaking kidding me? How did you go do that? Well, speaking of that, like, how, how do you go do that? That person that's sitting here, like listening to this, like, man, that's, this is inspiring. Uh, but I've got a great job and, but I really want to do my own thing. I really, I've got this idea or that idea or whatever it is. How does that person get out of that kind of zone and move into the, hey, we're just going to go out and do it. And we're going to make $6,000 the first year. And you know what? That's okay. Because we're going to make 20000 the next year and 100000 a year after. Right. Now, it's a great question. And I think the, the, the reality is, you know, there, first you need to start with the, the why you want to do something, right? I love Cuban and Damon and Shark Tank. Um, but I think they've kind of done entrepreneurism a bit of a disservice. I, maybe this is controversial. I don't believe that everyone's an entrepreneur. Yeah, um, I agree. And it needs to be. So first thing is, why do you want to do it? And you have to go through, like, if it's just to, to watch some stupid influencer on his plane, like, you know, flexing all this stuff, then that doesn't make you happy. Like just, I'll, I promise you, nope. it doesn't make you happy. Nope. So so why do you really want to do it? So understand your why and what it is. And you want to be passionate about popsicles or whatever it is like that. That's, I think the first piece. Um, and I'm not saying you have to be like me. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of issues, right? I think I have a super high degree of, of risk and, uh, or low risk tolerance. And I just kind of go at things, but you also can define what success is. Like you don't need to have the idea to be a billionaire or a billion mm. dollar company. Like what does success mean? Maybe it's building a three hundred, $400,000 business and you make a hundred grand a year, but you can pick up your kids at school and drop them off every day, which is important to me. Something I want to do. Yeah. Take my kids to football on lacrosse or go up that we had a race weekend. My son races go-karts and I'm going to be there racing go-karts all weekend. That is what success has afforded me. And it's that time that's important. I don't need to be a billionaire 
to get those things and neither do you. So I think it's just getting started and whatever that risk haunts for me, it was walking away from the six figure job and, you know, willing to, to eat through a lot of savings. And I did that because I needed it. Otherwise I wouldn't be motivated if, if I had the safe income. So that's why I did it. I usually cut off my income, starve myself and force me to go and feed myself. Even though I know I have other assets, I will start a new company and I won't take a salary. I won't take a distribution. I have to go and create more money. We talked about this in the point. I don't believe in earned income, even though I've been pretty good at it. I only believe in passive income that's going through to help run my stuff. New business, I cash starve all of them. Raising capital and doing all these things, it's, it's, it takes a long time. You can build a proof of concept. You know, you want to do a test group. I think every human's on social media to agree. Ask your friends. This is my idea. You can just get started and it doesn't need to be all in, but get started and then define, hey, I want to go and do this for three months um, at nights and weekends. And if I can get to this point and get five grand a month in it, I'm going to quit my job because then I can put more time into it. Just make a deal with yourself and then just do something. But, you know, analysis by paralysis and just not getting going, you will never get there. And I think that's the death of so many good ideas, companies, and and founders. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, there's so many things in there that resonate with me. The, the first part though, I, I think is so true. There's this big push for a lot of people. I think becoming an entrepreneur has became really attractive over the last several years because of social media, because of some of these people that you mentioned, you know, it's like this, it's like the sexy new thing to do yet. Like you said, it's not for everyone. It just isn't. It sucks, sucks, man. It It sucks. sucks. It's lonely. I mean, who who, who am I going to, like, I I couldn't help, my mom couldn't help me out when I lost 2 million. My mom can solve my problems now. Like, who do do I go to? Who who do you ask? Then more importantly, you're the founder, owner, CEO of these. You can't be scared. You've got to lead them through. I mean, I had a huge regulatory thing that was cost me millions. I was scared out of my mind, completely petrified, but I had 110 employees. They didn't you got to show up every day. Come up, stoic. Let's do yep. this. When I get worried, you can get worried. I was shitting myself. No one knew that. Because yep. if, if they saw me panic, they panic, right? And you, that's your responsibility, which is a lonely, lonely place to be. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but it has all the benefits in the world. I love it. I love what I do. And it's the best thing, but it isn't for everybody. It's not for everyone. Right. I, I, yeah. So, all right. Couple, couple last things. Um, What's a, what's a, like a daily habit, daily, something you do, uh, that really helps ground you, helps, helps, uh, get you motivated, get you ready to go. Um, I think I'm not the biggest daily habit guy, but I mean, I do work out. I I think, you know, your health is what you have, right. You know, health, health is wealth. Um, so I work out, I do some intermittent fasting. I do like what's OMAD. So I eat one meal a day. It helps my schedule. I don't have Mm -hmm. to worry about eating, um, weekends it's, pancakes and crap with the kids. And that it's kind of an offshoot on the weekends, but um, I, I do that um, as probably my, my ritualistic thing, but I work in bed. My wife goes to sleep. I'm working until two in the morning because it's quiet. No one's bothering me. Um, I tend to work from home a little bit, you know, until 10 or 11 because no one's distracting me at the office. So limit, limit the interaction there. Um, but yeah, w- working out, just doing that thing. And just the fundamental pieces with the kids, making sure I show up making sure I show up for my kids, making sure I show up for my wife, my, my team and, and those things is, is, is important to me. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. What's the point if you're not going to be healthy, right? Yeah. Thanks for me. You're die, man. You don't know. I've seen so many people, especially in my past career early days, you know, you know, heart attack and I mean, it's, it's, 
you're not promised tomorrow, which is all the reason you just get started. If it's a yeah, good yeah. idea, do it today. Yeah. I promise tomorrow, man. Look at pandemic. Look at Hurricane Ian last week. I mean, look, you are not promised tomorrow. None of us are. We, and we've all, we've all faced this. And we've all seen it, but we so quickly forget it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Easy, easy to just kind of go along life and think that, you know, like you said, like, just think that it's going to continue. Right. Um, all right. So what's a, what's a book that you're reading right now um, or, or read recently that you've really enjoyed? Man, I think it ties, this really ties together. I, I met um, this gentleman a few times down in uh, Necker Island, down in the British Virgin Islands. I've got a house there. He's got a place on uh, St. Thomas and um, it's titled Die With Zero. Uh, Bill Perkin mm -hmm. is his name. Uh, you should get him on your podcast. Uh, he's he's awesome. He energy trader, most philanthropic, generous, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, yeah. Does very very well for himself. But the book is called Die with Zero. Um, in my healthcare days, the forward of his book was written um, by one of our mutual old physicians um, in my uh, pharmacy business, and. He, this physician's high end Beverly Hills doctor that's every A list celebrity, I think. And he asked Bill this question that he asked all of his, all of his patients, because everyone has a lot of money. They're scared of losing all the money or dying with it. He's like, you know, do you fear running out of money before you die? Um, was the question that he asked all of his patients. And Bill says, uh, I hope I do. Otherwise, that would just be a tremendous waste. And it just threw him with, with the question. So the pretense of it is, you know, die with zero and it's not being irresponsible, but the idea is like, Hey, if you want to, you know, give money to your kids, your kids can value, your kids will be impacted by money that you're going to leave them more at 25 when they get married and try and buy their house than they are at 55. If you want to leave money to charity and be philanthropic, your charity can use your money today more than it can in, in, in 20 years. So it's really that pretense about, um, you know, he's got these things called time buckets in the, in the book. And right now, and I talked to him on one of my birthdays and I asked him about kids. That was my biggest thing that wasn't in the book that I got some really good advice from him on um, and how to set them up. But he's, you know, I think he's in his fifties. He just got remarried in his late forties, early fifties, but on his time bucket. Now he's doing Makapichu and he's doing all these walking tours and walking cities because he can do it. How many people do you know saved for retirement in Minnesota yep. Yeah. So they're 65 and now partner spouse died yeah. cancer wheelchair and you can't go. So go and do those and have those experiences now, like among his friends, he calls himself like he's like the honorary billionaire because he's on yachts. He's doing all those things, but he, he is spending it because he's taking those things. And, and the biggest prolific component, you know, you hear it all the time. You can't take money to uh, uh, there's no U-Haul Brinks truck when you, when you die, but when you're, 80, 90, 100, wherever you are, and you're in a nursing home, whatever, all you have left, it doesn't matter about the money. It's what you have in those memories in your head and those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It's how, it's how you showed up, right? It's how you showed up every day and the, the people that you affected, people that you're around. Um, it's what you did in your yeah. life. It's not the money in your bank account. You never hear it. You yeah. never hear it. Like Steve Jobs, you know, gave that, uh, whatever that, that, that talk when he was sick and, and dying. And it, it wasn't about, he's so proud of how much money he made it, it, that, that, that wasn't at all about it. You know, it's, it's about 
the things he should have done and things he did in his life. And, and those, that's what people talk about. Yeah. Sure. Um, let's, you've talked a little bit about your book. Anything else you want to mention with your book? Yeah. I mean, I, I would, you know, I would love for you to actually get my book. So, so launch November 8th. Um, I will have an audio book that probably comes out next year um, with it as well. But just, I, I want someone just to go through and, and take the time. Um, when you have time, just read it and, and just don't care. I'm no, I'm not a no one special. I'm a small town USA kid. Nowhere's America. I'm not special. And I've went through some tough times and some adversity, just like everyone else has. And just get started, right? I think that's, that's the idea. You don't have to have it all figured out. Whatever your dreams are, don't let anyone ever tell you, you, you can't get there, right? They're talking about themselves, not, not you. Like just, just get started and, and, and go for it. I think that's the, really the, the biggest piece. You're not promised tomorrow and um, you just do what you love and, and, and really know your why, right? I mean, why, why do you want to do this? And that's different for everybody. And because of that, you shouldn't compare yourself to anybody else. Hmm. Yeah, so true. So true. Um, so with, without a plan coming out in November, you said? Yeah, November 8th. Amazon, um, or all the bookstores, et cetera. Nationwide. Sweet. Sweet. Well, man, Jeremy, uh, it's been a lot of fun and, and you are special. I mean, you've done a lot of cool things. Um, you've grown some awesome businesses and, uh, you've written a book now, which is super cool. And so you've done a lot and, uh, you've had a lot of experiences. One of the, the big like takeaways is that, that fear of failure kills ideas of businesses, kills, you know, kills dreams. And so you've got to get over that. We all have fears. You know, you mentioned not that long ago, you were freaking scared, right? The things yeah. were happening and it wasn't, but we all have fears, but you got to get over it. You got to push through them. You've got to look beyond those fears. Um, so, so super powerful. I, I really appreciate you having you on. Uh, I've got one more question before I wrap up. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? So what's worked for me historically um, is not the market. <laughs> um, so after that, I've just, yeah, other than having money for my kids in a 529 plan, I just threw away because of the tax reasons to do it. Um, I have no money in the market. I, hmm. that's a lie. I've got some money in 23andMe, but I'll go pre-IPO. So I, had, I was pre-IPO and an early investor in Airbnb, Uber, 23andMe. Once the lockup periods are done, 23 is just dumped because it was a SPAC. So I haven't sold that one yet, but very rarely am I ever keeping anything after it goes, goes public. Mm -hmm. And that's mainly because I can't do anything to influence it. And I don't have the time nor interest in studying these companies and markets like I used to. It just, it's not worth it. So for me, all of my money, all of my value creation has been in this, you know, Peter Thiel's another great book. You should read zero to one has been in that creation phase, right? Cause I can take something with little capital, break them, 10 out of 11 of them fail, but one of them doesn't. And then now you've got a million dollar, 10 million, hundred million dollar business. Yeah. Um, and then, then it just happens, right? So you've got that, but then you have, I've, we talked about this earlier, what you do in real estate, I believe that's the key, right? The more stuff you can get passive income, that's, you know, inflationary approval, all those pieces where you're just getting that in. So all the businesses I, I own, I don't lease a dollar. I, I don't lease anything hmm. um, other than myself. So I want to start a company. I'm buying another building or putting them in my other building to go through. That way, that company isn't maybe making money, but it's got enough money to pay me rent. I sell it, it's still likely paying me rent because that's where the employees are, et cetera. Yeah. 
you know, I try to have these big wins um, and, and hits financially on an exit or a recap of a business, pour that money into um, passive real estate, commercial or residential real estate, and then get that and then just live off of that and then just reinvest everything else and kind of keep it going. And then as time goes by, you can start paying yourself with more because you get more passive income going through. And then it goes to the more important thing, which is Bill's book, man, experiences. You know, we just came back from South Florida with my kids and wife. And, you know, that is like my, my kids into sneakers, went to a cool sneaker shop, spent probably too much money, but like it was a cool experience. I guarantee he remembers the rest of his life. Yeah. And that's what you get to do more of because that is all this game is about. I love it. Love it, man. Love it. Um, any last words? I mean, just follow your dreams, have confidence in yourself and, you know, just, yeah, just get started in whatever it is you're doing. Right. I mean, you know, you have to have passion in your marriage, your friendship, your relationships, you got to have passion. And if you're the 20 year old me that is comfortable making money, man, that's not what it's about. I mean, and it's scary and I, and I get it. And I, and I was in a different place in my life and I could take that risk. But don't be the guy that stayed there 20 years, man. And, and just sitting there and, and, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda type of thing. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. just get started and try it. Yeah, take action. Jeremy, how can people get in touch with you? How can they um, learn more about what you got going on? Uh, I'm Jeremy S. Delk. Um, S is in Steve. And Jeremy S. Delk on all social platforms and uh, jeremydelk.com. And uh, yeah, reach out, connect. I'd love to, uh, lo- lo- love to hear about what you're working on and you know, investment opportunities, project, anything that you want. I, I, I love to... Uh, Love to connect and hopefully a little part of my story and all the mess ups and, you know, punches in the face I've got can save you a couple. I love it. Yeah. Plenty of punches in the faces. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. uh, that's how, that's how it goes being an entrepreneur. So, Hey man, I look forward to seeing you in Lexington. I definitely, you know, the next time I'm there, which will be probably uh, sometime either October or early November, I'm going to reach out. Hopefully we can grab a, uh, grab a bite and uh, get to know each other a little bit more, but really appreciate you being on the show, spending some time with listeners out there. Uh, and there's so many takeaways uh, out of this episode. I think you need to rewind, you need to re-listen, you need to take at least one good piece of advice out of this episode and implement it into your daily routine. Uh, and then go grab the book without a plan. It's coming out in uh, early November. So grab that and, uh, and don't hesitate to connect with Jeremy. Thanks so much, Todd. Appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks. Cheers. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. 
and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.